The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Hello, this is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. We have with us today Madeline. Hi there, everybody. Hi, Madeline, and I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and welcome to our show today. We are continuing right into the second week of January 2014, and I've spoken the last two weeks about challenging yourself to take charge of your health and start to reverse the disease continuum, knowing that diseases don't just simply pop out of nowhere, that they take years in the making, usually starting with poor lifestyle choices. Now, it's critical that you really start to understand this concept that the bioterrain of your body either supports your health or it supports disease. And bioterrain is like that fishbowl. If the water is filthy, the fish is going to be sick. And it's common sense to know that instead of giving the fish some medicine to get well, then instead we would go ahead and change the water. Do you know that you need the right conditions in your body for the disease to develop? You need the right conditions to develop high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, or even cancer. And if the conditions are not right in your body, then those diseases will not be able to develop. That's very interesting because it implies that you have control over what happens to you. It's you and your lifestyle choices that determine your bioterrain. Now, my husband, David, met a woman the other day who told him that she almost died from taking a particular statin drug for her high cholesterol. The medication caused unbearable body pain, but also caused life-threatening liver problems for her, and she landed in the ICU. She said she almost didn't make it out. But then what was really surprising is that she told David that her doctor decided to give her a different statin medication and at right at the point when she was still recovering from the ICU trauma. Now, David was standing talking to her and he asked her about her diet and she responded that that was interesting that no one had ever mentioned anything about diet and that had never occurred to her to consider that option. So you can ask yourself, what kind of bioterrain are you making for yourself? Are your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices supportive of your health, or are they destructive to your health? Now, we get a lot of questions from people asking things like, they say things like this, are bananas good or bad? Is alcohol good or bad? And my answer is always the same. It depends on what you're working on. For instance, if you're working on decreasing your insulin level because yours is above 2 to 5, and you're working on decreasing your body fat percentage, then eating bananas will not be helpful for you. 
Now, if your insulin level is already two and your body fat is 16% and you're an active person, then maybe bananas work fine for you. And now, everybody, we have a special announcement to make. So in prelude to that, on January 31st, we'll have a special guest on our show, Michael Larson, the blog writer for Good Health Begins in the Gut, will be on the show to talk about gut bacteria, health, and disease. Now, we know that most disease begins in the gut. So Michael and his wife, Holly, have two little girls. One of them was diagnosed with autism. Now, they took the approach of gut healing healing to help their little girl reverse the autism. Michael and Holly are also the creators of Chula's Coco Kefir, a fermented coconut water product. And he won't specifically be talking about the coconut water on the show, but instead discussing the role of gut bacteria on good and bad health. And in, is, in his case, also the improvement of autism. Now, he'll have a lot to share of, with us, so this is not a show you will want to miss. Be ready on January 31st to call in and ask Michael the question. Yeah, and we also, we did receive an email question from Charlene, and she asked this question, do all toxins cause our bodies to become inflamed so we need to continually detox? And she asked, are some toxins worse than others? And she also asked, what other health issues, if any, might be influencing inflammation? And so what we need to know here is that toxins cause all kinds of trouble. They cause mitochondrial damage. And if you remember, those mitochondria are those powerhouses inside of every single cell that you have. Mitochondria are responsible for producing ATP or energy for your body. And so one of the most common signs of toxicity is fatigue. And that is directly from the decrease in the mitochondria. Now, remember that the cells in your stomach that make hydrochloric acid and pepsin, which are two important chemicals needed for good digestion, those cells have tons of mitochondria and require a lot of energy to manufacture the hydrochloric acid and pepsin. And so if you're overflowing with toxins, one of the first things affected is actually your digestion. Now, you might not feel this happening at the time, but when you don't digest food properly, it forms a whole ricochet of events, including an inability to absorb minerals. Minerals, you remember things like calcium and magnesium, you don't absorb those very well if if you don't have the HCL and the acid stomach. You also don't absorb B vitamins. Now, just that, just that those two things not being absorbed can lead to depression, anxiety, and bone density issues. So here we see a link from environmental toxins to disease states that we would normally not think of as a toxin problem. Because ask yourself, if you feel anxious or you feel depressed or uh, you have uh, maybe some bone density problems, are you going to think, I think that's actually from my digestion and backing up from there, I think it's from environmental toxins. Well, now we can see that there can, there's a direct link here. So yes, yes to Charlene, toxins lead to inflammation. But if we back up a little bit, what causes inflammation in the first place? So if you're writing this down, you have to write a little bit fast. But you get out your pencil and there's three things. One, chronic micro-injury. What is that? That could be from that high insulin from eating too much sugar and carbs. High blood sugar, that causes micro-injury inside the vessels. You could also have micro-injury from physical trauma. And it could even be from infection. The second thing would be chronic adrenal stimulation, otherwise what we would think of as high stress. 
And it's the high stress without adequate recovery that causes the inflammation. So we think of recovery as really good sleep and rest and downtime. Excess stress does cause an inflammatory state. And the third one causing inflammation is external environmental toxins. Also wounds cause inflammation. So when you have this microtrauma, your hypothalamus in your brain is alerted. It tells your liver to make a substance called C-reactive protein. And that C-reactive protein is both a marker of inflammation, but it's also a pro-inflammatory compound itself. C-reactive protein then goes on to stimulate production of other compounds called cytokines and interleukins, which carry out the inflammatory process. So, Charlene, the answer is yes, you need to continue to detox because we continue to have environmental toxins. And as you rid your body of the toxins, as soon as you breathe or eat or live or do anything, you are uh, in bringing toxins back inside of your body, which help to create inflammation and not so good disease states. So yes, we all need to continue to do detoxification. So in speaking about toxins and inflammation, this brings us to our grand topic today, which is coffee. Now, how many of you go to Starbucks or Caribou or Dunn Brothers or any coffee shop, and does your order sound like this? You say, you know what? Here's what I'd like. A venti, half-soy, non-fat, decaf, organic, caramel chocolate, brownie, vanilla, double-shot, gingerbread, frappuccino, extra hot with no foam, extra whipped cream, please. (laughs) Is that your drink? Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think about those additions of the caramel chocolate brownie and the gingerbread syrup? What do you normally put in your coffee? You know, sometimes we get all hung up wondering if coffee is good for us when, in fact, we might want to focus more on what we're putting into the coffee. So I'm going to ask you again, what do you think about coffee? Is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Well, here at the studio, we drink a special type of coffee with mushrooms in it. Now, mushrooms. <laughs> I know you're always hearing these odd things from us. I know it sounds odd, but you cannot actually see the mushrooms in the coffee, and the coffee tastes unbelievably rich and robust. Now, the mushrooms are called red reishi, red reishi, organoderma lucidum. It's all those long words. So you might hear it either one, red reishi and ganoderma lucidum. They're, this, they're just different terms for the same thing. And these Chinese mushrooms that have been used for health benefits for thousands of years, and now we actually have them added to coffee. So for us here at the studio, we don't add special syrups or flavorings or fluffy whipped cream and sugar. We take our coffee with mushrooms. <laughs> now, you, <laughs> you, you already know that we promote eating thin mints and pizza, fried rice, chocolate cake, shakes, and mango chocolate. So I think you know what I'm talking about if you've been to our blog. But we can just add to our list now coffee with mushrooms. And we're well, that taking sounds good. It, does, it, does, it sounds very, very odd, but you'll learn more about what we're talking about as the show goes on. And we're taking callers today. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions on coffee. Are you addicted to it? Have you heard something about coffee that you're not sure if it's true or not? And we want to know, how do you drink your coffee? And Lucy, what is the number that people call? Call us at one 472 5792 or you can email us at info at Okay, and we are so lucky today. Today we have Dr. Robert Rakowski as our special guest on our show. And he's actually here in the studio today all the way from Houston, Texas. 
Now, Dr. Bob has lots and lots of letters behind his name. He's a chiropractor, kinesiologist, certified clinical nutritionist, certified BTA instructor, and the clinic director of the Natural Medicine Center in Houston, Texas. Now, in addition to running a busy, busy practice, Dr. Urkowski has developed and taught over 5,000 hours of seminars in the U.S. and Europe over the past two decades. He has appeared on numerous TV programs and has been a guest lecturer at the University of Texas Medical School. His patients range from elite pro athletes, children, and the walking wounded to treating critically ill patients with a variety of cancers and autoimmune disease. Now, I've often wondered how he can do all of this. He works many, many hours, travels most every weekend to give presentations. And if you've been to one of those presentations, you need to know that these are not a simple hour here and an hour there. They're six to seven hours long without a long meal break for a few days straight. And he also studies martial arts, and he spends lots of time with his family in Houston. Yes, thank you for this wonderful introduction. Am I Um, on? Now you're on. Okay, okay, great. Sorry for dropping out there. And you hear, hear Dr. Bob right here, and I'm sorry I dropped out for just a moment, but I just wanted to mention that after talking about all of these things that Dr. Bob does, I'm just so amazed at how he can do all of that with traveling every weekend and giving presentations, and he studies martial arts and spends time with his family. Now, he exemplifies somebody who walks the talk. He personally does what he teaches to others about health lifestyle and nutrition and if he didn't he would not have the energy to do all of these things he started as an electrical engineer and moved into the health field and became a registered nurse and from here he went to chiropractic school then on to master and learn kinesiology and nutrition and teach courses in all of the above throughout the u.s and europe and Now, here's the best part. Dr. Bob loves coffee, and he's here to share his expertise, experience, and knowledge. So, Dr. Bob, we've heard that coffee is good for people, and we've heard it's bad for people. Now, what are your thoughts on this? I think they're exactly right. (laughs) It can be both good and bad for people. So, I'm, uh, as a researcher and a lecturer, I always like to quote the medical literature. And uh, New England Journal of Medicine published an article in 2012 that they followed a total of you know, hundreds of thousands of people for dozens of years, and they found one simple fact. Coffee consumption, the more coffee people drank, the longer they lived. It was, as they said in the article, inversely associated with total and cause-specific mortality. People that drank the most coffee lived the longest. Uh, right now, coffee is America's number one source of antioxidants, which are critical for anti-aging. Um, coffee actually does some wonderful things to the liver and the bowel and helps our body process and eliminate toxins. But reality is, it's ancient wisdom that one man's food is one man's poison. So we realize that there's about 10% of our population that has a decreased ability to process caffeine. And for those people, coffee can be a little bit harsh And in fact, another study in New England Journal of Medicine shows that if they don't process caffeine, it does slightly increase the risk of non-fatal heart attacks. So I want to point out non-fatal. Harvard University has an extensive write-up on on coffee, and they look at the upside and the downside. The upside takes, you know, 10 minutes to discuss, but the downside, they said only two things. Number one, added calories. Uh, You and I both know that coffee really doesn't have any calories. It's the junk that people add to it. 
Uh, and the other thing is that women that are pregnant probably shouldn't have high coffee consumption. Moderate is fine, but not high consumption. Other than that, Harvard University found no downside with coffee. Wow, well, that sounds pretty interesting. And now, I'm just wondering, how do you know if coffee isn't good for you? You've got to learn to listen to your body. So I always tell people, if I could teach them one thing, I'd like them to listen to their body. If you drink a cup of coffee and you're bouncing off the walls jittery or have a problem sleeping or crash and feel like you need another cup, then uh, you probably need to consider changing your coffee, changing the amount that you drink or, or all of the above. So listen to your body. If coffee gives you a good, warm, wonderful feeling, then it's probably decent for you. Uh, as you mentioned, the coffee that I endorse uh, has reishi mushroom in it, Ganoderma lucidum, which another nickname for it is the, the herb of immortality and the 10,000-year mushroom because in animal studies, it actually increases just by adding that to a rat's diet. Longevity magazine published an article. They increase the life expectancy just 9 to 20% by adding about what you get in a cup of coffee of reishi mushroom to these animals' diets. It's a very powerful herb. Oh, very interesting. Now, Madeline, you drink this type of coffee, don't you? Yeah, I drink it every day. And it's pretty amazing for me because I used to drink other coffee, just coffee from coffee shops and that I've made. Used to drink it all the time. And I had a whole list of bad reactions to it, like really bad reactions. And um, I gave it up. And Like just, what? What, what well, would like happen what to reactions? you? Oh, yeah. well, really super jittery. Like my hands would shake, that jittery. Um, super addicted to it. Uh, what else? It would give me constipation and gas and bad moods and just mood swings, all different types of things. Um, but I, I loved drinking it though for the taste and for the energy. Um, and I, so I, I ended up giving it up though a number of years ago and, um, recently within the last year started drinking this other coffee with the mushrooms in it. And I don't have any reactions to that at all. And it's so funny because every time it's every day, but every time I have a cup of this coffee, it just brings me so much joy. And I just, I love it. It's, it's just amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Like joy from what? You just like the taste of it? I love the taste and I'm, I'm somebody who has a lot of food sensitivities and it's just really a joy to drink something that I don't react to. So I love the taste. I love that it's a little bit like having a treat and I don't have anything negative that comes from it. So it just makes me feel good is great well you know it looks like it's time to take a break so remember we're taking callers and call us at 1-866-472-5792 your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie and Dr. Bob. Let's continue our discussion on coffee. And Madeline, we want to hear more ways that you drink your coffee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the most common way that I drink my coffee is just black, but with a little bit of stevia in it. So the the way that I make it, I boil some hot water, I pour the packet of coffee in my coffee cup, just pour the water in, and then add a few drops of stevia. So it is like instant coffee that way. And um, that's just very simple and an easy way, and I like the taste like that. But then if I'm looking for something with a little bit more, um, I don't know the word, just Body. something... Yeah, something with more body. That's a good word for it. Then I put about a half a tablespoon or maybe a whole tablespoon of coconut milk in the coffee and stir that in. So it's like having cream. And I don't, I don't really work well with dairy. So that's why I use coconut milk. And that's the canned coconut milk that I use. Um, now in the summertime, I actually like to make iced coffee. So how I do that, I, first I make a hot cup of coffee. And then I pour that into my Vitamix, or you could just use a blender, and put a couple of ice cubes in, put about a tablespoon of coconut milk in, and some stevia, and blend it up, and there you go. Or you could also just pour the coffee over ice and drink it that way. I've done that too. So those are all just different ways that I do it. And then I have one more thing to say. Sometimes I actually put a tiny bit of mint extract in if I want kind of a peppermint drink or a little bit of hazelnut oil. That tastes really good as well. Or you could use almond extract or vanilla extract and you could also use cinnamon. So that's mm-hmm. just um, just a couple of options there. And really, you can use any flavors that you like. Now, I thought you made coffee ice cream with the coconut milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, so I, I also do make coconut milk ice cream in my ice cream maker. Um, and I put cocoa powder to give it the chocolate flavor. And then I also put a couple of packets of the coffee in there. So it's like mocha ice cream. And that's one of my favorite treats. And stevia. Ever. And stevia. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. and stevia for sure. 
And then you can put some cacao nibs in there if you want those little chocolate chunks that are unsweetened chocolate that goes in there. Now, Lucy, don't you put cinnamon in yours? I do. You know, actually, if I plan ahead of time, remember my new goal is planning ahead of time, but I will take a can of coconut milk and whip it up in the mixer using one of those um, beaters so it becomes like frothy whipped cream, but it's coconut milk, and then add some stevia and add some cinnamon to it. And you don't necessarily have to use it all at once. I'll make a big batch and then store it in a container in the fridge and then put a big dollop into my hot coffee. And actually, Madeline taught that to me, but I just love drinking my coffee that way. Yeah, we can tell because we walk around the studio and we smell the cinnamon and it's always Lucy's coffee. (laughs) Or the chocolate. I'll add the cocoa powder and stevia to the coffee as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can. You, it's really good if you make that cinnamon and stevia coconut milk ahead of time, but it also does work just to sprinkle cinnamon in your coffee as well. But it it, it seems to taste better if you mix it up beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I've also heard, Doctor Bob, weren't you talking about putting espresso dynamic greens in the coffee? You know, there are people that love mocha and absolutely either the new espresso form or, or just the old chocolate greens work really well. So, you know, you had mentioned that you don't like people to heat up the greens and that's the fact you can disrupt some of the enzymes within them. But yet there's so many solid nutrients within that greens product that that would easily be the healthiest, most balanced alkaline mocha out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we let people uh, have that little indulgence with the greens and even though they're not getting the maximal benefit from it, they're still getting the best mocha ever. Mm-hmm. So we know somebody out there who will, is probably listening and laughing right now because we've told her many times not to heat up the dynamic greens. But So, she, <laughs> so she's probably saying, see, I knew in the first place I could just put a spoon of that into my coffee and everything would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to move on and just start to talk a little bit about what these mushrooms really are and, and why, why, why would you ever be putting mushrooms in coffee and what is Ganoderma and how does it all work? And so Dr. Bob's going to just tell us some great, great things and health benefits about the Ganoderma mushrooms. Well, the, the first thing I want to say is about putting the mushroom in the coffee. Uh, it's a patented process where they actually extract the uh, active bioavailable components that are most beneficial to put in the coffee without altering the taste. And, and by the way, it, it dissolves beautifully. So people, I don't even get in the visual that there's little mushroom chunks floating in their coffee. It looks like a, a typical cup of coffee. And, and in fact, they like to call it instant perfection because it mixes so perfectly so there's no residue in the cup. But nonetheless, when you look at this herb, it is the number one documented medicinal herb. If you were to Google Ganoderma and about anything, you'd find that there are 8 million pages of third-party documentation by the way, the Ganoderma that we use for the coffee is um, USDA certified organic. The processing is GMP, meaning that it's as, as good a processing as you can get. And it's the natural method of growing Ganoderma, which is right from a log rather than something that's hydroponic. So it has the maximum nutrient density. Um, but when you look at the things that it's listed for, um, in the medical literature, they have citations showing that Ganoderma is good for liver dysfunction, including even hepatitis, because it's a very powerful antiviral. Uh, it's good for kidney dysfunction. It's good for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, a number of forms of arthritis, including rheumatoid arthritis. They actually did a study comparing Ganoderma versus pain pills for rheumatoid, a double-blind study, and Ganoderma was more effective than pharmaceutical pain pills. 
it's actually good for insomnia. And I, I got a kick out of uh, Madeline talking about how this coffee is very, very calming. So we know that caffeine picks up, you know, excitatory brain chemicals, pick-me-up brain chemicals, whereas Ganoderma promotes very, very calming brain chemicals. So this is the type of coffee that calms most people. And in fact, some kids that have attention deficit within our practice, giving them a coffee or a tea or even a hot chocolate in the morning before school, many of these kids are able to get off their attention deficit drugs. Uh, it's good for dilating airways, so that means... Now, can we for, back up a second? Now, it doesn't sure. make people... Does it make them fall asleep? Like if you drink the coffee, you get tired and fall asleep? We haven't seen that to be the case. Anytime mm-hmm. that you balance the chemistry for a calming way, if the body needs to sleep, it will. You know, I like to talk about Chinese medicine where they talk about the law of deficiency and they say the body will take whatever you give it and use it to its best advantage. So if people are so hyped up and, and they're not listening to their body in terms of getting rest, this is the type of thing where it might say, you know what, I need to listen to my body and rest. So people get a calming energy. Does it put them to sleep? No. But does it put them in a position where they can sleep? Absolutely. And you know they have a number of studies that show that this increases deep, nourishing sleep. Not necessarily naps during the day, but long-term nighttime sleep. So they have studies that show that it decreases the time it takes for people to fall asleep and increases the intensity of the long, deep sleep. So, so yeah, this, it's, could it's even be a, this could even be a coffee to drink in the afternoon or at bedtime. Absolutely. And it wouldn't keep people awake. I'm going to say that everybody needs to listen to their own body. Um, you know, when I used to drink typical coffee, I would cut my coffee intake off by noon with this coffee. I still need to cut it off by about five or six myself. I wouldn't be comfortable having a cup at 10 o'clock and and trying to go to bed. Um, with that, don't you have it at night? Yep. Sometimes I drink it while I'm sitting in bed and I sleep. (laughs) I know it seems really funny, but I actually sleep better. (laughs) And And that's, that's expected. Yeah, um, but that's something I figured out for myself, and I know it doesn't work like that for everybody. No, not for everybody. <laughs> I'm going to tra- transition to the green tea after 6 p.m., and that's what's going to help me to sleep like a baby. Mm, okay. okay. Oh, so you there's still Ganoderma in the green tea. Green tea, red tea, black tea, absolutely, yeah. It, it, there's a whole line of, of coffees and teas that are all um, you know, infused with this amazing herb. Wow. So what about bronchitis? Is it good for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are studies on that. So there's a couple different mechanisms. It's, it's an anti-inflammatory. It helps to dilate airways, and it's an anti-infective. Um, there are studies where it can accelerate the killing of even the HIV virus, uh, the HP virus, the H1N1 virus, uh, and even herpes simplex. So, mm. um, again, the single most documented medicinal herb. Any, anybody that's listening, if you know how to look up a PubMed citation, you can type in PubMed, Ganoderma, and whether you want H1N1, HPV, herpes, um, HIV, you know, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you, you can find these citations because they're, they're just numerous. It's, it's incredible. Um, I know. Didn't you have some experience with some of your patients with these things in your office? Absolutely. Probably everything that we've mentioned, you know, everything from, you know, diabetes, turning that around faster than before. Uh, We have a cancer patient right now. Now, we don't ever like to make any types of claims, right? But the literature is there 
there's at least six different types of cancers that ganoderma has uh, proven effectiveness for. But one of the major things it does is it actually alkalizes the system. So one of the downsides to standard coffee is that it is acidic. If you are able to test the pH, you'll find out that standard coffee is right around 5 to 5.5, whereas this coffee is neutral to slightly alkaline. And one of the biggest problems that we have in our society is people are too acid. And as that happens, their body becomes less and less efficient. When we talk about cancer, the environment for cancer, and, and we almost hate to bring up that term, but a, a man's lifetime risk of cancer in the United States today is one in two. A woman's is one in three. But the perfect storm of cancer is low oxygen, low nutrients, and high acid. And this Ganoderma actually addresses all those. It's very, very nutrient-dense. It's alkaline and alkalizing. Um, by increasing a, something in the system called nitric oxide, it literally dilates blood vessels and increases oxygen delivery to all the tissues. Mm-hmm. So can you tell important. us more about what nitric oxide is? Sure. And I'll, I'll try not to be too long-winded about this, but doctors knew for over 100 years that if someone was having chest pain, they could give them nitroglycerin, and suddenly the chest pain would go away. Somewhere along the line, they found out that something in nitroglycerin actually helped to dilate blood vessels. And so in the late 80s, early 90s, a team of research scientists spent a decade trying to find what specifically was it about nitroglycerin that dilated blood vessels. And they found that the body would absorb the nitrate and increase and create something from it called nitric oxide, which uh, there's a strange reward in, in chemistry. But in 1991, nitric oxide won molecule of the year. And we know with good levels of nitric oxide, it's really, really good for your heart, for your brain, for your immune system, and yes, even sexual function. In fact, Viagra is something that potentiates nitric oxide. So we see a lot of uh, couples, let's say, that come in and by switching to this coffee, uh, their love life improves. And, and uh, that's, that's beautiful for mental health, emotional health, bonding, and physical health as well. Well, you know, that's pretty amazing. Now, I, I would be curious, aren't there drug companies that are trying to find out what the active ingredient is here and come up with some sort of medication? Absolutely. It's been done. There's a number of drugs that have been synthesized from the Ganoderma mushroom. And um, most pharmaceuticals are derived from plant molecules. So I wrote the book, uh, the foreword to a book years ago called Herbal Virtues. And the first line is this, there's a synergy in nature that can't be duplicated and can't be isolated. This mushroom is so magic. It has the components to move the body chemistry in a healthy way without creating detrimental effects. And that's the magic of nature. Anytime they start taking something out of this herb, it creates a problem. So one of the Nobel Prize winning researchers, whose name is Nathan Bryan, he wrote a book called The Nitric Oxide Solution. But he talks about how they use some of these Chinese medicines, including Ganoderma, to try to find out what it was in them that increased nitric oxide. And as he said in an interview that I have an audio recording of, he said every time we took something out of the herb, it didn't work as well. And his follow-up line was, we realized it wasn't something in the herb, it was the herb. So the herb itself is profound at increasing nitric oxide. So the drug companies, because they want to get a patent on what they're doing, and they have a financial incentive to do that, they try to isolate components of them. And not only do they isolate them, but they modify the molecule. They actually change it so they can patent it. You cannot patent a molecule of nature, so they have to tweak it, and then it becomes something that they synthesize. So they have a number of drugs that have been created from this, but the first thing I learned in pharmacology was a drug without a side effect 
is not a drug. So why not go to the source itself? Why not go to the herb? And as we're talking about, someone had asked the question, you know, why not just take the herb? Well, you certainly can, and there's tons of benefit to it. But most people, 80% of adults in North America drink coffee every single day. And so one of my great students said, wow, everybody that drinks coffee should drink this coffee. It's delicious, and it has in it beyond the health benefits, above and beyond what ordinary coffee can give anybody. Hmm. Yeah, pretty amazing. Now, what about gastric ulcers? That's pretty fascinating. So, for instance, we said that normal coffee is acidic, whereas this coffee is alkaline. So as alkaline, you could actually say that it functions as an antacid first and foremost. But we know that Ganoderma can kill a number of infectious agents, including the infective agents that's associated with ulcer, which is called Helicobacter pylori. The next thing that this herb amazingly does is it increases the mucus synthesis of the gut lining. So we know that people make hydrochloric acid. That's important. We need it to digest our food. But if we don't have a mucus protection, that acid can eat through our stomach. So Ganoderma both kills the infectious organism, increases mucus, and as a third benefit, uh, functions as itself as an antacid. Very, very powerful and healthy for people with ulcers. Now, what about leaky gut? You mentioned that it increases the mucus lining. Does it at all improve leaky gut? You know what? I'm going to say that my gut feel is that, yes, it does, but I don't have a PubMed citation that says that. So as a guy that's you know, testified in courts of law and been asked on a witness stand, does it do this? My answer has to be I suspect that it does, but I personally haven't seen a reference to support that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about atherosclerosis? Truly remarkable. Truly remarkable. So when you look at atherosclerosis, there's a, a wonderful cardiologist by the name of Mark Houston. He's a runner-up Rhodes Scholar. He and I co-lectured at a major lifestyle conference in Chicago three months ago. And he says, even though there are 1,000 markers, biochemical markers of cardiovascular disease and atherosclerosis, he says there are only three and, three, three and only three causes, inflammation, oxidation, and an autoimmune process. So when we start looking at Ganoderma, it's it's loaded with antioxidants. It's by itself powerfully anti-inflammatory, and it is a major immune modulator. Now, one of the things they found, and this may sound strange to some people, but they actually found uh, on on autopsy remnants of infectious organisms within plaques within atherosclerosis or, or placking of the arteries. So they know there can be an infectious component to it. So Ganoderma picks up the immune system, especially the natural killer cells, cells that kill cancer cells, viral infected cells, but it kills microorganisms and document in the literature things like uh, Staph aureus, which kills 100,000 people in U.S. hospitals every year, and Helicobacter pylori. So it seems by every mechanism, this has the potential to prevent, if not reverse, atherosclerosis. Wow. Well, it seems like Ganoderma has such far-reaching health benefits. So interesting. But... Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? 
Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie, and our special guest, Dr. Bob Rakowski. Let's continue our discussion on the benefits of Ganoderma coffee. Yeah, and as we move along here, how about talking a little bit about diabetes, which just is such a big deal today, and especially in this country. Dr. Bob, what does Ganoderma, does that help diabetes? And if it does, what is the mechanism? What is it doing? Multiple, multiple defined mechanisms, but when we start talking about diabetes, holy cow, you know, it's a scourge of our modern society. In fact, the World Health Organization says that diabetes is responsible for one in every nine sick care dollars. Uh, 25 million life years are lost every year from diabetes and 23 million years for quality of life. So the number one diabetic drug out there right now is called metformin. And metformin blocks a particular liver enzyme that actually helps the body make more blood sugar. The body knows that it needs to get sugar in its cells, but insulin isn't working as well, so the sugar can't get in the cells. So the body adapts by making more sugar. The liver does that. So metformin blocks the liver's ability to make that. The exact same enzyme that is blocked by metformin is modulated and regulated by Ganoderma lucidum. And that's from a a 2009 PubMed citation. One of the interesting things about metformin is it has a 21% failure rate at five years. So when bodies rely on drugs, ultimately they lose the ability to regulate themselves and then the body suddenly becomes resistant or tolerant to the drug. It takes more of the drug to get the same effect and then finally uh, it doesn't work at all. Additionally, we know that Ganoderma actually prevents the death of the cells of the pancreas that make insulin and it, it enhances the ability of these cells to regenerate. So in instantly, it starts reducing the, the burden of uh, glucose on the body. It changes via an antioxidant mechanism the ability of the body to respond to insulin, and then it helps the pancreas make insulin. And those are three very specific and well-documented mechanisms. We've seen people that have turned around diabetes by simply changing their coffee. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And, and nothing else? When I put someone on a comprehensive program, I put them on a comprehensive program. But we have people that literally come in and say, I'm going to try this. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, that mm. and that only has changed it around for some people, yes. And then has it ever happened where somebody regenerates the beta cells? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's documented multiple times throughout the peer-reviewed literature. Just like cells, all cells of the body have the potential to regenerate. Beta cells do it very, very slowly. Uh, and this is documented, again, in the peer-reviewed literature. But in addition to that, there's something called transdifferentiation, where the body can convert other cells to the pancreas, especially the alpha cells, to beta cells. And there's some indirect evidence that suggests that that process is enhanced as well. Hmm. Wow. Now, what about low immunity? You know, it's truly amazing that these mushroom extracts are some of the most powerful immune stimulants around. Uh, one of the things that they will do is pick up a cell in the body called a natural killer cell. Now, we can have a segue from this because natural killer cells not only kill viral infected cells, but they also kill cancer cells. So what a lot of people don't understand, and when I have a conversation with them about viruses, I let them know that when, when viruses you know, want to start a family, they don't find the cute little virus of the opposite sex and say, hey, let's start a family. Viruses insert their DNA into your DNA, and they use your cell as a little virus factory. So these viral infected cells can continue to make viruses, and therefore the immune system has to find them and has to kill them. The cells that do that most effectively are the natural killer cells. Now, there's two enemies, there's more than two, but the two primary enemies of the immune system are stress and, believe it or not, sugar. Both of those profoundly suppress the immune response, and stress affects, first and foremost, the natural killer cell. So you look at people that have herpes outbreaks, fever blisters, whatever, that happens under times of stress. Well, the Ganoderma mushroom facilitates natural natural killer cell function, it buffers the stress response, it reduces inflammation, and it reduces the sugar in the body. Therefore, by multiple mechanisms, it enhances immune function. Hmm. Now, and how much coffee would somebody have to drink to have some of these effects? Like, what if you just had one cup a day? Is that helpful for somebody? That there is a therapeutic dose of Ganoderma in every cup of this coffee, yeah, 250 milligrams. So that is going to be enough. But as I like to tell people, bodies respond to frequency, duration, intensity, quality, and timing of stimuli. When we have really sick people, we may want them to have some Ganoderma every waking hour. Now, it may not make sense to drink 12 cups or 16 cups of coffee or the combination of coffee or green tea. So there are also nutraceuticals that are available. Okay, great. And how about anorexia? Yeah, that's a fascinating one. So that's well documented in the peer-reviewed literature. It's generally accepted that anorexia is, is a brain chemistry problem. There is an appetite center. It's located in the hypothalamus. And we know that in certain people, an imbalance in brain chemistry can either cause that center to not work where people have a voracious appetite, and in other people, they can just simply lose their appetite. The most common cause of anorexia is actually illness, and, and cancer will do that. So what they've found very simply is that in people with anorexia, Ganoderma increases their appetite. The mechanism, however, I have not yet found that in the peer-reviewed literature, but it's a cause and effect where they give people the only intervention is the herb, and yes, they report increased appetite and increased caloric intake. Amazingly, the opposite works for people who are obese. number of people lose weight 
And it can be because this buffers the stress response, controls the insulin, and promotes calming chemistry. And that can be a reason why certain people eat. So we wouldn't want to say that it, it makes everybody lose their appetite or it, it increases the appetite for people, but it works as something that generally makes the appetite function as it should. Hmm. So could that be helpful for elderly people who aren't eating? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. That's, uh, hmm. that's one of the best uses. Now, what is this term called inflammaging? Ah, yeah. So we, we know that now there's actually been Nobel Prize winning research awarded documenting the mechanism of cell aging. And there are little markers at the end of our cells that are called telomeres. And when I describe them to patients, I let them know that it's like the, the cap on the end of your shoelace. And when that plastic cap begins to break away in the shoe, uh, laces unraveled, then, then the shoelaces are no good. And that's what happens with our own DNA. So the two dominant things that increase aging, now with the, the actual molecular research, are, are stress and inflammatory process. And by the way, again, both of those are, are buffered by ganodermalucinum. And that's why with direct animal studies, they see that it can, by that intervention alone, increase longevity 9 to 20%. So with this inflammaging and inflammation in the body, where, where does that affect? Does it affect your whole body or just one body part? Or what are we talking about where, where it affects you? Absolutely. Every single cell in your entire body. The inflammation is going to be systemic. And it does a number of things, but inflammation increases uh, something in the body called inflammatory nitric oxide, which is different than the healthy blood vessel dilating nitric oxide. So inflammation can deplete nitric oxide, meaning that the, le- the whole body gets less oxygen, and the systems that suffer are the heart, the brain, the immune system, and sexual function predominantly, but literally every single cell in the body is affected by inflammatory process. So even your brain, is that right? Absolutely, especially your brain. So like what would you experience with the brain with inflammaging? Well, it really depends on whose brain we're talking about. I think people have a, have a general uh, propensity to some type of imbalance, but some people may have racing thoughts, some people may have anxiety, some people may have depression. In fact, the simple quote from the literature is an inflamed brain is a depressed brain. Uh, in animal models, when they in- increase inflammation, they, the animals show signs of depression. So as a general rule, it could be loss of concentration, personality differences, inability to sleep, uh, obsessive compulsive behavior, depression, uh, you name it. it you know, there's, I, I think at this point, over uh, 500 mm-hmm. mental health diagnoses. And by the way, they're all diagnosed with a checklist. And uh, it's just simply brain imbalance. And how about inflammation in your skin? Does it affect your skin? Yeah, so we have this society where everybody wants to stay young and beautiful for a long, long time. And certainly this is one of these things that promotes wrinkles and, and breakdown of connective tissue and um, accelerates the aging process both inside and outside. So controlling the inflammation can make us look good outside and function good on the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, and is that how it works with the, with the arthritis and the bone, that Ganoderma can improve arthritis? Is that right? Yeah, the, the term arthritis just simply means joint inflammation. And so, but there's a number of reasons why people may have inflammation of, of the bone. And, and you mentioned leaky gut, which is, believe it or not, a really common cause of whole body uh, inflammatory process. So by enhancing 
uh, hydrochloric acid, gut healing, digestive capacity. Um, it can have a whole body benefit just by enhancing gut itself. It also enhances the liver's ability, kidneys' ability to get rid of toxins. The bones are just really an end organ that suffer from bad choices that, that affect systemic health unless there's a trauma. But you see so many people with arthritis that you know they, they don't do much except sit around, which, by the way, is also bad for them. And it's mm-hmm. just that they're unhealthy, and that's the tissue that's showing it most in their body. Well, and speaking about sitting around, um, now, y- you, you do Tabatas, is that right? Oh, absolutely. I love Tabatas. Uh-huh. We talk about Tabatas on the radio show quite a bit. And um, do, do you do those every day, or how do you do yours? I'm going to say I do Tabatas five days a week. You know, when I train martial arts, it's a very consistent part of our training. When I teach seminars, one way that we can wake up the brain every hour is, is to do Tabatas. And, but what I encourage my, my patients to do whenever they try to tell me they don't have time to exercise, I stop what we're doing right then and there in the office, and we do a Tabata, <laughs> something that they can handle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just let them know that, you know what, you can easily fit it in. And if what do they think of that them. when you're doing that? Do they like that? It, it makes a connection, and it, uh-huh. it gets away their excuses. You know, I mean, some uh-huh. people have a have a real wake up call when they realize, "Wow, I get tired after twenty seconds of exercise, and I think I need to do something." You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, we let them do it to their tolerance, but it's a wake up call in a lot of ways. One, I have time, and two, I really need to do this because I'm out of shape. So this is a really different office. I'm just imagining these people go in there, and then here you having them do a Tabata, and then they start drinking coffee. <laughs> you know, we, we have coffee must and have tea a in the lot of here. fun in there. You know, uh-huh. hey, listen, if, if, you, if, you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And so I'm blessed that I never work a day in my life. And, I, you know, I have this tremendous connection with my patients. About 80% of the people that come in enjoy a cup of, you know, coffee and tea. And then we let them know that, look, as long as you're drinking coffee and tea, this is what you need to drink. Why not do the little things that can make your life that much better? You know, and maybe that transitions to them feeling better, sleeping better, having more energy to exercise, losing some body fat, um, again, feeling better, more proactive about themselves, improving their relationships. You know, I mean, health can be a tremendous journey, starting with the simplest step, but you got to take that first step. You know, I completely agree, and we talk about that a lot on this show, because sometimes people get overwhelmed with all the information and wonder where to start, but it is really just that one simple step to start, and it could be just that simple step about improving the quality of the coffee that you're drinking. It could be something like that. It could be get up out of the chair and do four minutes of Tabata. It could be anything, maybe have a protein shake for breakfast in the morning, but taking just one step at a time is what makes people be successful at changing their lifestyle and starting to regain their health and so we hear this over and over and over from different people around the country that that's really is how it works and uh, but we, we continue to hear from people you know this is too hard for me or it's just too overwhelming but again you just have to back up and back up and back up and just take one simple step and something we've talked about a lot in the past is even just having one glass of dynamic greens a day 
or starting to eat vegetables even once a day, something that's just going to be a, a nice, easy, small thing for you to start. And once you've got that under your belt, then you start something, something else until it adds on and adds on. And after a year goes by, you have a lot of different things that you're doing. And uh, our show is coming to a close, and um, we'd really like to thank Dr. Rakowski for joining us on our show today. And uh, it looks like we're heading out. We are. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Thank you so much. Such a beautiful location, and thank you so much for all the wonderful things you do to make our world better. Yes, well, thank you for joining us. And listeners, thank you, too, for joining us today. And remember to mark your calendar for January 31st when Michael Larson will talk to us about gut health and bacteria. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline, Jeannie, and Dr. Bob, and that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.